the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Chaos in the streets of Kabul. (laughs) Governor Greg Abbott on the Texas voting law. Another issue that this law addresses is ballot harvesting. It makes ballot harvesting a third-degree felony. A case of mask abuse in Vegas. And she saw another student, who she thought was my son, with tape on their face as well. This mom later asked her son, had other students also had their masks taped to their face? He said yes. It's been happening in his classroom since the beginning of the school year. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, September 8th. I'm Rich Thomason. Hardliners dominate the new Afghan government, according to correspondent Ben Thomas. Afghanistan's interim prime minister is Mullah Hassan Akund. He headed the Taliban government in Kabul during the last years of its rule. Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar will be one of two deputies. He led talks with the United States and signed the deal that led to America's final withdrawal from Afghanistan. Sirajuddin Haqqani has been named Interior Minister. He's on the FBI's most wanted list with a $5 million bounty on his head. The interim government is all-male and drawn mostly from Afghanistan's dominant Pashtun ethnic group. The move seems unlikely to win the international support Afghanistan needs to avoid an economic meltdown. Georgia Republican lawmaker Austin Scott on Twitter saying the new Taliban government includes four of the Taliban five former Guantanamo detainees that President Obama freed in exchange for U.S. soldier Bo Bergdahl back in 2014. The State Department has a problem with the new Afghan leadership, and it is a gender problem. No women in the leadership ranks. The State Department spokesman telling The Hill the U.S. will judge the Taliban by its actions, not its words. Despite the risks to life and limb, protesters continue turning out in the streets of the Afghan capital as Daybreak Insider's Charles Deledesma explains. The Kabul protest began outside the Pakistan embassy and was aimed at denouncing what the demonstrators say is Pakistan's interference in Afghanistan, especially Islamabad's alleged support for the latest Taliban offensive that won over anti-Taliban fighters in Panjshir province. Taliban fighters fired into the air to break up the protest, arresting several Afghan journalists along the way. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew says Lindsey Graham thinks that American boots will, at some point, have to return to the ground in Afghanistan. Senator Graham told the BBC the U.S., quote, will be going back into Afghanistan. He's skeptical of President Biden's claim the U.S. can prevent terrorist groups like al-Qaeda and ISIS from gaining a foothold using an over-the-horizon approach using drone airstrikes. Graham predicts the sheer size of the problem will force the redeployment of U.S. boots on the ground. Drawing on recent history, Senator Graham told the BBC, quote, we will be going back into Afghanistan as we went back into Iraq and Syria. And what does the future hold for Americans and U.S. allies who are trapped? 
The Washington Examiner's David Drucker talked with Salem Radio's Hugh Hewitt about that. I just think that this has been a cluster from the beginning, and they don't necessarily have a plan. So they're dependent on trying to see if they can get the Taliban to play ball because they insisted, or the president insisted, on a military pullout on August 31st, even though there were people left there. And here the decision is minimize the problem. Don't talk about it. Say we, we think it's about 100. They won't get We're in touch with them. Some have family. We'll get those out who want to come out, but we're in touch with them. And then count on elite media not to ask the obvious follow-ups. What's the minimum number you are certain of? Are you in touch with them by email, by phone? How many want to come out of the hundreds? Is it possible you missed them any people? How many LPRs are there? What's the average length of stay? How many children are you? Are you do you have a hotline? And then names and, and stories. And I think we're going to get those names and stories this week because families are going to give up on the White House. Drucker insisting the media has been doing its job. The, the questions actually have been asked. The administration just doesn't have satisfactory answers. But it's hard to have satisfactory answers when you say you're going to stay until we get everybody out, and then you don't, and then you're reliant on a rogue terrorist regime to act normally and help you get your people out. Washington Examiner's senior political correspondent Byron York tells Hugh there is also the nagging question of exactly who has been evacuated from Afghanistan and how the evacuation was carried out. We are finding out more about the frenzied, confused, and incomplete vetting that has taken place with Afghans who have been brought to the United States. Did they need to be brought to the United States immediately? Could they be waiting in a third country safe being out of Afghanistan while the United States conducts normal vetting operations that we perform on all refugees. And they're not. They're already in the United States. The Biden administration is issuing them all what's called humanitarian parole. That is, coming to the United States because we say so. And uh, so there's two questions on this. There's, there's who we haven't brought out, and there's who we have brought out. There's actually three, Byron, I think. Uh, who we left behind, who we brought out, and what do we do with who we brought out? Because I believe there's vast bipartisan support for a very open embrace of vetted Afghan refugees, including, of course, SIVs, but even average Afghans who just don't want to live under the Taliban, if they can be shown to be safe. There's, there's a waiting list of people who want to help. And I think the churches will organize this, like the South Vietnamese were welcome to the country at Camp Pendleton, the Cubans from Cuba, the Hungarians from Hungary, the Iranians from Iran. I, I believe we will open our arms, but they insist on vetting. They, they don't put it past al-Qaeda to sneak in some bad actors. And so the question has to be, do you want to open, embrace these Afghan refugees? The answer is yes, but vet. Vet, then embrace them. York suggests it's not only the Afghan immigrants who should be the subject of a thorough vetting process. I mean, this is the difference between legal immigration and illegal immigration. So many Republicans who are trying to tighten security at the border are saying, look, we're not... We don't, we're not opposed to immigration. It just needs to be legal immigration through a process of law and not people just flooding over the border. So in this case, they want uh, Americans, I think, want people from Afghanistan who have been vetted. And I do think they will give priority not just to U.S. citizens and uh, LPRs, but to Afghans who actually did help in the 20-year U.S. effort in Afghanistan, not just Afghans who were afraid. Also on the Hugh Hewitt Show, former Supreme Allied NATO Commander Admiral James DeFridis. He says the story of those left behind must not be allowed to fade from view. The tragedy of this is that there's still between 100,000, 200,000 Afghans 
who desperately want to leave the country, who have not yet been afforded an opportunity to do that. We've got to remedy that. It's a moral imperative. And how to proceed? There's basically three paths here, one of which, distasteful as it is, is to negotiate with the Taliban. Taliban is in the process of announcing a new government. They want to appear to be responsible interlocutors on the international scene. Give them a chance here. Work with the Taliban, particularly on U.S. citizens, SIVs, people with documentation of any kind. Number two, in the case of the U.S. citizens, Hugh, let's face it, direct military action missions to get them out, in my view, are appropriate. I mean, the American citizens are just like an American citizen that can't get out of Yemen or Guinea or anywhere else in the world. We would be strongly looking at all our options to bring them home. And then number three is clandestine. This is the province of the CIA. I'm certain we still have many assets, as the saying goes, on the ground. We could construct safe houses, create a kind of underground railroad, get people to refugee camps outside of Afghanistan and rescue them from there. So there's still plenty of options on the table, and the Biden administration ought to be working very hard down all three of those paths. The resettlement of Afghans in the U.S., part of a multi-billion dollar funding request, the White House has forwarded to Congress. President Biden is seeking at least $24 billion in new money to deal with natural disasters, including Hurricane Ida, and more than $6 billion for the Afghan evacuation and refugee resettlement. The White House request comes less than a month before the end of the government's fiscal year and as lawmakers are debating the president's massive tax and spend proposals. Greg Clugston, Washington. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett says Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia not alone in urging a pause in deliberations on the huge Biden spending proposal. Democrats are looking to improve the $3.5 trillion spending package through reconciliation, which will allow the Senate to bypass a Republican filibuster and pass the legislation with a simple majority. The legislation is expected to include key party priorities, including the expanding of Medicare, combating climate change, and addressing immigration reform. Some Democrats, however, including Manchin, have taken issue with the size of the bill, contending that it carries too large a price tag. When asked if she still expects the bipartisan infrastructure deal to be introduced on the House floor on September 27th, Pelosi said that's the plan. Axios reporting that Manchin says privately that he will not support anything exceeding a more austere $1.5 trillion. Texas Republicans finally managing to pass legislation aimed at cracking down on cheating at the ballot box. Election integrity is now law in the state of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott maintains the law will make it easier to vote in Texas, providing more time for early voting and more flexibility on Election Day. But he does expect it to be challenged in court and upheld. No one who is eligible to vote will be denied the opportunity to vote. It does, however, make it harder uh, for cheaters uh, to cast an illegal ballot. Those are the kinds of principles that the courts will uphold. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden stands with Texans who have already begun filing lawsuits in federal court. He's talked about how this is a cause of his presidency. Texas joins more than a dozen states that have passed Republican-backed voting changes since the 2020 election. I'm Ben Thomas. When do mask mandates go too far? Well, this mom in Vegas telling her local Fox TV affiliate 
of a disturbing episode involving her nine-year-old son in school. Her story told on Salem Radio's Mike Gallagher Show. He went to get a sip of water, forgot to put the mask on. Teacher then did not tell him to put it back on or send him to the office. She instead pulled him up in the front of the classroom in front of all of the students, and she then taped the mask across the top of his face. When he went to the office is when one of the administrators noticed the tape on his face. And she saw another student, who she thought was my son, with tape on their face as well. He was very upset, he was crying, he was humiliated. I don't think this woman has any business teaching children, for one. Number two, I think parents need to know what's going on in the classrooms. It's, it's crazy. What's more, the voice says this has been common since the start of the school year. School administrators reportedly opening an investigation reaching out to the boy's family. We don't know the status of the substitute teacher, but Mike says... She ought to be pink slipped right away. I mean, <laughs> that's not, a, I'm not going out on a limb here to say that. Do you disagree with that? Now, the lunatics who are so mask and, and vaccine crazed, who are freaking out about 100,000 people in a college football stadium, I'll bet they think that's okay. Well, the nine year old done his mask on, you got to tape it to his head. Now, tape it to, tape the mask around it so it stays over his mouth and his nose. Not only should the teacher lose their, her job, she should be arrested. That's assault. You can't be t- taping masks to nine-year-old kids' faces. It's, a, it's enough. Americans are completely fed up. Over to North Carolina, where Daybreak Insider's Mike Gracia says the school's struggling with COVID. A new report from North Carolina health officials shows there are 170 ongoing COVID-19 clusters in public schools or child care settings in the state. Union County Public Schools, the state's sixth largest school district, reports as of Friday about one in eight students were under quarantine. The district voted down a proposal last month to require mask wearing. In Georgia, Griffin Spalding school system is switching to virtual learning after three school bus employees have died from COVID-19 in recent weeks. In Savannah, some school bus drivers staged a sick-out Tuesday after a similar protest last Friday. The CDC says if you're vaccinated against COVID-19, a breakthrough infection is uncommon, even in the face of the spread of variants. How small are the chances of the average vaccinated American getting covid The New York Times reports about 1 in 5,000 per day, even lower for those who take precautions or live in a place with high vaccination rates. The Daily Caller reports on a new Washington Post-ABC News poll. It shows nearly three-quarters of unvaccinated Americans would prefer to quit their jobs rather than be required to get a COVID-19 vaccine. According to this poll, only 16% of unvaccinated workers would get the shot if required to do so. 35% would request a medical or religious exemption. And 42% would quit their job. Finally, video game company Tripwire firing CEO John Gibson for tweeting his approval of the Supreme Court decision on the Texas abortion law. The Washington Times reports the company moved quickly to distance itself from Gibson and his pro-life stance. Some conservative thought leaders predict that American corporations will pay a price for punishing employees who take a right-leaning and or pro-life position. 
American Conservative Union Chairman Matt Schlapp says he and his family avoid patronizing such businesses, suggesting that other like-minded Americans may start to follow suit. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Join us again tomorrow. I'm Rich Thomason. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.